I always tell like the little homies do music and stuff. That I say being part of it is just just being a good person and treating people right and being genuine. You know what I'm saying? You can get around somebody and and you realize I don't even want to be around. I don't care how cool their music sounds. I don't want to be around. Bruce Alexander. I'm your host, Bruce Alexander. Today is a special day because Emmy Award-winning artist, activist, and entrepreneur JB is joining me in the studio. I have so many questions for this man after today's reflection. If you had the talent, drive, and connections to write a song about yourself that would be heard by millions of people, would you be honest? Would you use the platform to share a true account of your story or embellish a little, or even try to imitate someone else's story in hope of being accepted? Complimented by strangers who know nothing of your truth. What does your answer say about your level of self-acceptance? Think about it. Hop on Instagram, threads, LinkedIn, or Facebook, and join the discussion on the episode 15 reflection post. Or make your own post and tag at Authentic Identity Management and use the hashtag Authentic Reflections, because I really want to hear from you. Type my song in the comments if you don't like the live song you are recording right now and you want help producing your authentic sound. I will reach out to you and set up a totally free consultation call to see how I can help you start living your authentic life. Embrace yourself as you are and value yourself enough to foster the growth you deserve. If you love the space we are creating on this podcast or want to help advance my mission of making the world a safer place for authenticity, here are a few ways you can support this show. Leave a review and tell me what you think is great, needs work, or you would like to see more of in the show. Follow the show on your favorite podcast platform or all the platforms you use. Use that share function. Send an episode of this show to someone you care about. Post it on your social media, in your feeds, and in your stories. These are all free ways to promote the authentic mission. If you aren't comfortable being a spokesperson for authenticity, you can be a financial backer of the authentic mission by going to Patreon and searching Authentic on Air with Bruce Alexander and signing up for a membership. I am dedicated to the work of this mission long term, but I would love your help in more quickly making the world a safer place to show up as yourself. I wanted to reflect on combining honesty, creativity, and mass communication, because my guest today has done just that. He has taken his talent and used it to pour himself onto the page, put it to music, and release it for millions to hear. I got to personally observe the development of this process because JB and I were facing socioeconomic struggle at the same time. Vaguely, somewhere in the early 90s, I would spy around corners and from the stairs of breezeways in South OKC as my brother and JB would draw comic book characters and exist unconcerned with the trials we faced as black children with uncertain future. In the then titled Los Pueblos Apartments, I remember JB's energy being so much more sure of himself than I would ever feel even 20 years to come. My father's career at the fire department progressed and with that came money, eventually some security, but then financing a divorce and a move with my mother and brother to a completely white suburb just outside of Cotus, Oklahoma. I wouldn't see JB again until I moved back to OKC, live with my dad, and commute to the University of Oklahoma over 10 years later. He had run into my brother a few times in the local b-boy scene as he was pushing early CDs and my brother was chasing breakdancing glory. It was still just little brother in my mind, but he remembered me and was completely genuine and kind. I was in yet another phase of pretending to be likable, which likely read as fake and desperate, but I remember thinking, I hope he makes it. 
two successful restaurants, eight albums, an Emmy, a Run the Jewels tour, and multiple other civic and musical accolades later. He sits across from me in my authentic on-air studio. Welcome to the show, JB. Thank you. That's a hell of an introduction. That's dope, man. You got a good memory. Uh, not always. My wife will tell you that I can't remember anything in order, ever. So, <laughs> so I'm, you know, I know what happened, but when it happened, yeah. not so good. Um, <clears throat> I'm going to ask a couple of my stock questions to start out the interview, but it'll be a little different than I usually do because you are involved with two of my very favorite things, music and activism. Like, my activism tends to be what I call armchair activism, you know, Facebook, social media, that stuff. But the, what you're doing is extremely close to my heart. The things that you stand for mean a lot to me. So I've got a lot of questions to, you know, kind of get into into the mind of an activist. No doubt. So first, can you tell the audience who may not know who you are in your own words, who you are, what you do and how you spend most of your time? OK. Um, well, my name is JB and I'm just, you know, from Oklahoma City. Um, you know. I do a few things. You ran down a bunch of them, um, but the, I, I think the the um, to sum it all up is just you know you know trying to be uh, an, a you know uh, a part of my community in whatever ways I can and, and give back whatever ways I can and um, and just in the in the middle of that you know you know sometimes. You know, you have to fight injustice. Sometimes you get to have fun. Sometimes you, you know, do other stuff. So, um, but yeah, it's just just participating in my community and, um, and you know, using my time responsibly and you know, just trying to make an impact and, and um, following the lead of, you know, some of the others that came before me. Excellent. Um, big question. If you were to wake up tomorrow and not want to rap anymore, um, not want to make any more music and every problem that you had with society today was solved. What would you do with your life? Ooh, uh, sleep. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. Nah, you know, I would probably, you know, just spend more time with my kids and chill, um, grab me a, you know, a cool cigar and a bottle of Jameson and just kick back. You know what I mean? And, do things I used to do, like draw, you know, um, uh, paint, um, you know, stuff like that. So one of my stock questions I try to ask everybody is how do you, in your own words, define authenticity? Um, you know, I guess for me, it's just, you know, first of all, having knowledge yourself, meaning, you know, you know who you are you know, why you're here, you know, um, you know, your value, you know, and uh, knowledge of self and understanding um, your purpose. And, and then, you know, living that out the best way you can, you know, um, sometimes it doesn't always turn out right. It's not always pretty. You might mess up, you know, um, you might not always, uh, you know, do the best you wish you could, but, you know, as long as you, you know, um, as long as you try hard and never give up, that's all that matters, you know. Um, I've, I've been able to do a lot of things, and um, I don't always feel like, 
you know, they turn out the way I'd like them to. But, you know, I, I do them to the best of my ability and I, and I try really hard. And, you know, that's, that's as authentic as I can be. Um, and, and not be afraid of, uh, you know, the ugly parts. You know, sometimes we like to just celebrate the, the good parts, but, you know, I think that people can learn from the bad and the ugly parts too. So, yeah. I totally agree with that. Um, so in an article, speaking of the song Allegiance, you were quoted as saying, this song is pretty much just me saying, listen, man, I define myself. People might have an, inter an interpretation of me based on one thing or what they saw or what they heard, but I don't have no allegiance to none of that. I get to be who I want to be. I get to say what I want to say. You can't put me in a box because I rap. You can't put me in a box because I'm black. You can't put me in a box because I'm from the east side. Is that an accurate quote? Yeah. And where did you get the confidence to, to lean into all of that? Um, you know, just uh, some of it is um, probably just, like I said, knowledge itself. But, you know, um, my mom was always there encouraging me and, you know, and, um, and just knowing, man, like, this is, we, we live in a world where, where, um, people like to pretend they're perfect. People like, like to pretend and look, look a certain way or, you know, um, and all of that. And so, you know, I just, I just learned along the way that, you know, um, especially with everything I do, I learned along the way that, you know, some people only know certain parts and because of those certain parts, they feel like that's you, you know, and, um, or somebody might feel like they knew me when I was 15 and that's me, or they might, they might, you know, knew me last year and that's me, you know, and none of that is true. You know what I'm saying? I get to decide. And so, um, and so I just, you know, I just try to, try to like, you know, just live in a, in a, in a, in a place with, with my, or like in, in myself and in my own mind, you know, knowing that when, at the end of the day, it's, it's going to all be on me. And, you know, when I'm gone, um, you know, all that's going to be left behind is what I did, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, and how the things I said and did affected people. And, um, and so I gotta, you know, you know, really, um, you know, be confident and be bold in the fact that, you know, um, you know, right or wrong, you know, I'm out here trying, you know what I'm saying, for real. And, and you know, people are going to say what they want, but, you know, um, the legacy live behind will, will, um, you know, be a bigger footprint than what anybody got to say. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. I mean, I feel like you're, you're a little, uh, I mean, I guess it's lucky and it's unlucky because everything that you believed in has been put on tape for your, you know, for your legacy to be heard for, you know, in perpetuity. Yeah. Like, until this year and me starting this, like I've, you know, believed so many things. I'm kind of glad that, um, that they're not recorded. What's crazy is, it's like, I think about that sometimes it's like, you know, I'm, I'm blessed that like, you know, um, like for instance, because of music, you know, whether it's a, a release or a show or something like I, I'm, I can always create something for me to look forward to. You know what I'm saying? And I just know, like, there are people who don't really have that. You know what I'm saying? Just living day by day. 
um, and they get excited. They get excited about you know things other people are doing. You know what I'm saying? I get to be excited and, and put energy into what I'm doing. You know, and so um, and, and part of that is being able to leave stuff behind. And you know, um, and I I think about you know my kids and my family and stuff like that. And, you know, um, they'll always have my voice when I'm gone. You know what I'm saying? My it, it won't be lost, you know, they ain't got to remember, you know, um, what it sound like. They can, they can pick it up. You know, I, you know, my, um, you know, my grandma just passed and like, um, you know, I got to sit and talk with her a week before that. And we sat and talked for, you know, an hour or so and just, you know, just really chopped it up and, you know, I went through memories. I told her about stuff of that I remembered about her. She told me about things that she remembered about me that I was too young to remember. But, you know, um, you know, I have her voice in my mind, you know what I mean? And, you know, I, I pray like, you know, as the years go on, like I'll remember what her voice sounds like. But, you know, um, you know, because I, I get to do music and because I've done so much, you know, you can always do no matter if, if I'm going today, you'll have, you know, what I'm saying stuff that my voice and that'll still be there. So yeah, I'd never considered that, you know. I've only been doing this podcast for three months or so, and um, I've never considered the impact of if I were to be gone today, you know, there's 20 hours of me talking to other people that my kids can tune in and listen to if they you never know, ever miss my voice or whatever. And that's, you know, that's a powerful thing. Yeah, it's important, man, you know, and, you know, they might not understand it now, but, you know, um, they will, you know what I mean? So, you know, it's important. Man, um, so you'll notice a little bit of a pattern as I'm like going through this that I'm reading your own words back to you because you're you're pretty you're pretty nifty with the phrases like you're you're pretty, <laughs> you're pretty good at it. So um, I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. And I I really dug into your your catalog as I was you know preparing for this because I'd heard some of your music before and like I'm very um sporadic with my with my listening patterns like. I, I go back and forth and I'm all over the map as to what I like, but getting like really getting into your music, I was extremely impressed with the, with the lyricism for one, like that was really great. And then your, your actual taste and like production was, was really appealing to me. So, and I was, I was reading about some of like some of your albums. So in my opinion with, am I good enough and black future, you dropped two of the most cutting edge albums in structure and substance of our generation. Like I'd say they're right up there with Outkast, Speaker Box, and Love Below. Man, that's what's, I appreciate that. Yeah, and like, okay, that's one of my favorite albums of all time, yeah. mostly because of the dichotomy that exists mm -hmm. in, you know, two really different albums that are under the same umbrella and also work together. Yeah. And so really with Am I Good Enough, I was like, how is he going to have four different producers like, take sections like i would never heard of that like where do you get these unique ideas like where do they come from you know part of it is it's just it, i think always trying to um uh, reinvent or outdo the last thing and then also you know me being at this level i feel like it's important that um that you know i try to um do things that you know will people will notice, you know what I mean? And, um, something different, you know? And, um, so that's what that was is, you know, I, 
I, uh, anytime I'm doing something, I try to, you know, especially with music, I try to always put the art first. When I first, when I first started, I'd be like, you know, I'm just trying to out rap people or I'm trying to be the best rapper or, um, I'm thinking about this line is, it's might gonna think it's hard or not, but, but now I feel like, you know, with, with, with there being so much music and people being so bombarded with it, and it's so easy, it's so it, it's so easy to be um, to to be overlooked because there's like, you know, the internet and like there's always a new rapper and there's always something, you know what I mean? It's like I just always need to um, be, always need to try to be more creative and um, and try and create a piece of art. Um, as opposed to just dropping music, you know what I mean, and um, and stretching myself too, and um, trying new things. You know, it's it's more than just trying to be the best rapper and you know outdo people. You know, I want to um, I want to operate at a level that you know people that are really in the industry are operating at. You know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? Yeah. So, so Black Future to me was it was a moving experience. Like listening to that, you know, intentionally from beginning to end, I, I was like, I literally, the first time I heard the um, Black Future poem by, let me make sure I say her name right. Uh, Naja. Yeah, Naja. Um, like I, I literally, well, I was in tears. Yeah. Because to me, everything that she was, that future that she was uh, predicting was everything that I want for my kids. Yeah. And it's everything that I never had. Yeah. So. You know, it was it really did move me. And what brought that home to your heart? And then what inspired you to, to base an entire album off of it? So with Black Future, um, I, I always when I before I did it, I knew I wanted to put I want Black to be in the title. And um, and she and I start talking about doing the, doing the project together. And because um, whenever I would do shows. I would have her come up and open the show with a poem. Like she would be I'd be like, you got something ready? Cause you about, you're going to, you know what I'm saying? It'd be spontaneous like that. And she would come up and kick something really, really dope, you know? And after so many times of doing that, I was like, listen, this, this next album, I want you to be a part of like in the studio, like, you know, working with me and um, going through ideas and stuff. And so we had sat down a couple of times and thought, to, thought through different things. And so, um, um, it was 2015 and I had a, it was February. I was supposed to do a, um, I was supposed to, we, but we didn't have a title yet. And I was supposed to do a, um, a black history, uh, show or black is black history month. They'll do like an all black show at this, uh, this event. And before I had went to, I was in New York, um, for something. And I went to this, um, a uh, black history event at, at a museum out there. And they did this dope, like this dope production where they went through like the history of black music. And like, I mean, they started with like Negro spirituals, went into like soul, like James Brown, the public enemy. You know what I'm saying? It was so dope. And I remember, you know, um, calling the band and being like, yo, I just saw something sick. Let's try and work this in. So we working all this in like over the phone, you know? And I called Naja and told her about it. She said, okay, dog, I'm trying to write something around that, you know, around the the idea of you know starting at the um, at the beginning and then 
going to now and into the future. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so we got back. I, when I got back to Oklahoma, um, I, I think I got back that same night of the show. It might have been um, day before. I could, no, it was the same night. And um, my friend picked me up. I was going to run to the mall, pick up something, go get a haircut, and um, and go to the show. And so, um, long story short, I got I got arrested in the mall. Yeah, I read about that. Yeah, and um, on some, just some, you know, I had a hoodie on. I, I had my hood on my head because I wanted to get a haircut. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And um, so I didn't want nobody to see my hair. I was looking crazy. And so, anyways, they came up to me, told me, you know, you got to take your hood off. And just, you know, and, I'm, and this is 2015, so you know what time it is. You know what I'm saying? And I'm like, nah. They're like, well, we don't allow hoodies in this mall. And I'm like, what? Anyways, I'm sitting here arguing with these security officers about, about staying in the mall. I'm thinking, man, why, why am I arguing to stay in the mall? So I start leaving. They following me. I get to the door. It's a cop there, and he, he arrested me. I go to jail, and I'm thinking, it was probably like four or five at this time, at this point. I'm thinking, uh, I'll be in and out by the time to get to the show. You know what I'm saying? And um, I wasn't. I stayed overnight and missed the show. And, um, you know, the homies was thinking I just, I just dished them, abandoned them. I didn't show up. I was a no-show or not. But I didn't tell nobody I went to jail. I didn't get on Facebook. I didn't, I didn't say nothing. You know, I, even though it was wrong, I shouldn't have went. I didn't, because, I, you know, once you go through something like that, like, it takes a lot out of you. You know what I'm saying? You don't want to, it's hard to, like, I don't want to have to do a court, none of that. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And so, um, I didn't see nausea. I, I think I might have texted her and told her I was sorry. You know, I, ended up, I went to jail, whatever. But I had a show in Tulsa probably like a month later, and she was at that show in Norman. And she was like, where was you at? You good? I'm like, yeah, yeah I, you know, I'm telling her about, you know, the whole situation and why I was in jail. And I was like, how did it go? She was like, it was cool. She said, I did this new poem. And I was like, what, what, what was it called? And she was like, Black Future. And I was like, that's the album, yo. Let's get busy. You know, and so that's how it came about. Yeah, let, let's talk a little bit more about that that mall thing. Like reading about that, it blew my mind that you know this this wasn't like 1990. This was 2015. This was not that long ago. For you to be in a public place wearing a hood is just not anything. There's literally nothing there. Um, I, I gotta stay focused because I get kind of pissed off thinking about it. Yeah, no doubt. Um, for you to, for one, not have made a big stink about it, I know that took a lot of patience and uh, self restraint on your on your own. But also, like, so like reading, like researching you, Chuck D said your music has a potential to change the world. Um, so you have a lot on your plate, anyways. Then you have the expectations of society that. If you're wearing a hood now, you're you're dangerous, or like you've got all these different expectations being put on you by other people. In that moment, did did you question yourself? Um, nah, because I I knew I didn't do anything wrong, you know. Um, and what's crazy is, it's like you know I used to work at that mall, you know, for a long time. We we both worked at the same time. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, you know, and. Um, and I remember, 
you know, before they, whenever he was comforting me, thinking he's he not really about to take me to jail. I'm, I remember thinking that. And so when I, I remember when I worked there, if kids was, people got caught shoplifting, they would take them where the office was, they would take them to, you know. And so I just remember asking dude, like, can we walk around? So I got to walk through the mall like this with handcuffs on, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And he, I remember him being like, you know, nah, y'all like this kind of thing. This is what y'all like. I remember thinking, I remember thinking, man, like, you know, fam, like, you don't know me. And like, he was, t- he's telling me what kind of person he is by saying that. Yeah. And then I remember also there was a lady pushing a stroller who had a hoodie on, a white lady. And I remember saying to him, like, look, you know, you take him, you, you arrest me for wearing a hoodie. And she got a hoodie on too. He said to me, um, uh, you go fishing, do you catch every fish? And I was just, I just stopped talking, man, after that. I just quit talking to him and, um, you know, did the whole thing. I remember getting in the car. With the, it was, they had a different officer pick me up. I remember getting in the car, and I was like, what's the charge? Like, what did he charge me with? Because you can't arrest me for, for wearing a hoodie. And he yeah. was like, well, they charging you with trespassing. And I was like, all right, you know what I'm saying? But, you know, um, I just, you know, I looked at it like, this is, you know, I knew what it was. And, you know, I, I looked at it like this is something that we deal with as black people. You know what I'm saying? I didn't look at it like it was nothing I did wrong. Uh, but I, I just knew, I, I, I've always known, you know, being black comes with this kind of stuff. Yeah. You know, being black, there are things that we are, we are at risk of, um, you know, anytime we're in public. You know, I know, I know that being black, um, our bodies are at risk of being harmed, you know, um, you know, so this, it, it, that's like, I just, I just felt like it was my time, you know what I'm saying? And so, um, you know, I just took it on the chin, you know what I mean? And, uh, when I got in there, you know, it was other people they was bringing in, you know what I'm saying? Um, that they, for wearing hoodies. But also, I remember whenever I was doing my paperwork, and he was like, he asked, he asked my birthday, and I told him, he was like, oh, I thought you was a kid. And I was like, I didn't let, then I also, you know what I'm saying, it dawned on me, like, they looking, they in here looking for black kids, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Um, and so, you know, I just, I just, you know, um, I just understand that, you know, being black is, you have a, you have a, you have um, you have a a target that is placed on you that you you can't get rid of you know and you know that's just like you know if I'm in if I'm in the line at Target and there's a white lady in front of me you know I, I know I'm I know I'm a black man and you know regardless of who she is or where she is where she came from I know that you know my presence can make people feel uncomfortable just because I'm black. Yeah. Because, you know, we're conditioned that people have been conditioned to feel a certain way about black people. So I always, you know, make sure I'm a few feet back. You know what I'm saying? You know, if I'm if I'm somewhere and um, you know, just like say like if you had a if you had a uh if you had a um a bar, you know, and you sitting there with your girl and you having a conversation with your girl and you know, um, you know, somebody say, oh, he's being aggressive with her. You just having a conversation. But if it was somebody white, that shit, they just, they just talking. You know yeah. what I'm saying? So, you know, I just know that that's a thing. So I, I, you know, 
I know that's what comes with it. And so at that at that moment, I didn't feel like, you know, what did I do or, you know, feel like, you know, I was in the wrong. I just knew, you know, it was my time. You know what I'm saying? So, so the sign-off I use for the show is be yourself and love yourself, right? Mm-hmm. I've had experiences similar to that one. And for me, it has made it hard to love myself. It has made, you know, because I have that same stigma branded into me that, there's something wrong with me because I'm black. And that's something I've had to, a narrative I've had to take hold of and say, it's not true. That's, that's what society puts on you. But it's, it's been a challenge yeah. that I've had to, you know, I've had to actively deal with. Was that something that you, that you struggled with before that? And did, did that make it any worse? Um, not before that, you know, as a kid, you know, there were times where I didn't understand stuff, you know, um, like for instance, whenever I was, um, second, third, and fourth grade, I went to, uh, it's like an all-white school, you know, um, elementary school, majority white. It's probably like three or four kids, three, two kids in my, in my two black kids in my class. Mm-hmm. Me, um, I'll take that back, three. Me, Levon, and Janika, the only black kids in the class. And um, my sister's class, she was the only black girl in the class with no other black kids, you know. And I remember, you know, you make friends with these kids and you know, you know, like as you a kid, you you wanna they have sleepovers and stuff like that. You know what I'm saying? I remember, you know, they would have sleepovers and um, you know, everybody get invited but me. You know what I'm saying? Or I remember one time, you know, um kids would go home and ask their parents and their parents were like, nah, you know, um and then I'd be like, Well just ask me you can stay at my house then, you know. Mm-hmm. And I go home and ask my mom. Mom be like, yeah, they can come stay and stay the night, but they're not going to be able to. And I'm like, why? And then sure enough, they're like, mom, mama said I can't stay. Then we get on the bus the next morning. They don't have to sleep over without me. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And my mom had to tell me, you know, you black. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know, I remember, you know, one of my good friends when I was in elementary at that same school, we was, we was tight, you know, real tight. You know, like I said, he's my best friend. And as soon as he got mad at me or we got into it, you know, the first time he called me the N-word, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, uh, I was probably like eight, seven or eight. And my mom explained to me that that's what his, that's what he hears at home. That's what, that's, that's what his parents are saying about you at his house. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, at that time, I thought something was wrong with me. You know what I'm saying? Um, but as I got older and, you know, like I said, you get, you get knowledge yourself. You know, and you understand your worth, you know, um, you know, not, you know, I guess, you know, there's a difference, you know, like I, I try to be really careful when I say, you know, being proud of being black because I know what, you know, um, the word says about having too much pride, you know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, but I think that you need to have, um, you know, some, understanding of your value of your worth and and be proud of it but not prideful you know what i'm saying and so um because you know um black people um in this country have done a lot and for the most part i believe we are we have been the moral compass of this country you know what i'm saying um you know uh meaning you know we 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 are we we're, we're the first to um, accept people 
we're the first to um, forgive people. Um, I mean, you look at you look at what we've been through, what we've gone through, and um, because you know we're the, like think about the civil rights movement, or think about you know slavery and things like that. Yeah, there were revolts and stuff like that, but because you know we we've always been that moral compass. Um, you know, we we've never been you know the the group of people that um, that have you know we we found ways to to come together and um, try to to uh, move forward in peace as opposed to being a group of people who have, are nothing but destructive and um, you know and you know what I'm saying like yeah. that's not who we are and so when you understand those kind of things then. It it, ma- it makes um, loving yourself a little bit more easy, or at least loving that part of you. You know yeah. what I'm saying? Um, and so, you know, that's you know, for me, that's that that's just been what's what's held me down is because I know, you know, um, you know, that's a lot of that stuff is just built into the DNA of people. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Meaning, meaning, you know, um, you know, it was. It was passed down and and taught, and they've been conditioned to feel and think and treat people a certain way based on, you know, how they look, who they are, or what race they are. But, you know, like for instance, when I got called the N word, and I went back to my mom and told her, or when I, when I didn't get invited to to sleepovers. My mom didn't tell me to go to school and, you know what I'm saying, and, and turn up on them. You know what right. I'm saying? Right. She explained to me that this is how people are, and we can't be like that. You know what I'm saying? And so um, that's what I mean by the moral compass, you know, and she was taught that by her people, you know what I'm saying? And so, but you see what they was taught, you know yeah. what I mean? You know what I'm saying? So, um, so when you understand those things about, you know, who you are and, you know, where you come from and where you're, how your people are, then, um, you know, it's easy to, uh, it makes it a lot easier to uh, love that part of you, and um, and yeah, when you see like you you look at you look at just you know our culture, it's it's pop culture. You know what I'm saying? Like people love it. You know what I'm saying? And um, and and you know that's that's because of who we are. That's because of you know what we've been able to overcome as a group of people. So change gears a little bit, like. I would I would say, as an artist, you share a part of yourself every time you create something new, and music being such a collaborative effort, and combined with your love for sound exploration and the multitude of different producers and artists you work with, do you ever struggle to keep your own creative identity intact? Um, sometimes, yeah, yeah. Because, like I said, like like I was saying before, like I used to be worried about, you know, what people think and, um, you know, how I sound and stuff like that. But um, so yeah, that you know, that for sure, especially when you, whenever you know you you go so long and um, you're doing this for so long and you got music has changed and sound changes and all these different things and you feel like dang it and you know. Am I still good at this? Or, um, you know, the people want to hear me, you know, so should I change it up and switch and do what they're doing? Cause that's what people like. And that's because it, you know, I, it, it bucks me out all the time whenever, you know, um, 
people might say, you know, like, I don't know, like, let's just say, um, like, let's say, okay, for, for all intents and purposes, we'll say like J. Cole, right? Mm-hmm. There's this, there's this idea that J. Cole is like, or Kendrick is like a positive, conscious type rapper. And he does, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, the same person is saying, yeah, like, I really like stuff like this, like J. Cole. I like people who rap about these types of things. You get in the car with them and they listen to some, some BS. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I thought you, or you, or you like, you, or you could be like, you like J. Cole, well, better check out this person or that person. And they're like, nah, you know what I'm saying? It's like, it's like, they don't, they don't like, it's not that they like it, they like the idea of it. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And so, um, so when I, those kind of, those things throw me off. You know what I'm saying? A lot of times it made me feel like, you know, made me question, you know, um, my art and made me question, you know, um, you know, what, how I should, you know, go about the next thing. But then I remember, then I, I remember, like you said, I remember integrity. And I remember like, regardless, like, you know, I can't, I can only be who I am and I can only tell the type of stories and talk about the things that are important to me because I wouldn't be authentic if I did, did something else. So, so yeah, I have those times and, um, you know, uh, and, and, you know, I just try to always, uh, you know, dial it back and try to remember why I do this and, you know, why I started it. You know what I mean? Hey everyone. I hope you were enjoying this eye-opening conversation with JB. I really had a great time recording it. I also had a great time recording episode 16, Shredding Convention, Chasing Passion in International Fashion with Kendall Brightman. I sat down with Kendall remote from Tel Aviv, Israel. Listen. The situation right now with Israel and Palestine has reached a fever pitch, but this is a complex age-old conflict that is kind of outside the scope of this podcast. However, Israel is a very important part of Kendall's story, so I take ownership of highlighting a brighter story. Kendall's inspirational story is tent-pulled by a huge decision to go against conventional wisdom, ignore opinions, leave her whole life, and risk everything to follow love across the world to Tel Aviv, Israel. The life she has found living her authentic desires is a testament to the authentic philosophy I believe in so deeply. Follow Authentic on Air with Bruce Alexander on your favorite podcast platform right now so you don't miss it. If you love this great conversation with JB, you should also check out Episode 6, Being Secure in the Uncertain, Carving Through Others' Expectations to Find Your Own Path in Life, with Evelyn Smith. The 23-year-old recent college graduate and the seasoned musician and entrepreneur may not have an obvious connection, but below the surface, both of these performers are doing it their own way. The self-awareness and reflective minds they both display have provided me with two of the most enjoyable conversations I have had to date. So go add that episode to your library right now, and we will get back into my conversation with JB. Thanks for listening. Yeah, um, that, that actually leads me to my next question, which um, you work with two of my favorite artists in the entire world. You work with LP and Killer Mike both separately. And then you toured with them together on the 2015 Run the Jewels tour. Um, that gave you a front row seat to the kind of success that they have. And they are also, you know, they talk about a lot of um, things about equity and, you know, consciousness and, you know, stuff like that. But they've also been pretty open with saying that they, they dilute that message with like, you know, a lot of flashy distractions. So they, they aren't really seen as too much of a threat. Do you? Did that ever like seem like how successful they are? I mean, I'm I'm sure that having you know packed stadiums 
is not something that you know is a turnoff to you that ever you know think maybe maybe i should dilute my message a little bit and make it a little bit more you know just pleasing to hear to, to a wider amount of people to maybe get this kind of you know this kind of success um i mean i you know i don't that's the thing like um you know i don't i i think there's a what i don't see I, I don't think that um you know you have to dilute your message you know what i'm saying i don't think you know i think that you know um there you know like i think with them the world just finally caught up you know what i'm saying um and it and you think about you look at how long they've both been doing it you yeah. know what i'm saying it, it's it's taken a long time to get to that level so I think that um, I think that's possible for everybody, you know, especially if you stay true to who you are. Now, I will say, like for them, like you know, some of the things have changed. You know, you you, you could tell, you know, um, they got more ends now. You know what I'm saying? But um, they're still, you know, what I'm saying, I feel like they're still the same. You know, um, and you know, outside of like you know, everything else, like, they're, like, just legit, genuine people, and I think that's a big part of it, too, um, you know, I always tell, like, the little homies, you know, who do music and stuff, and I say, man, part of it is just, you know, just being a good person and, and treating people right and, um, and you know, being genuine, you know what I'm saying? You can get around somebody and, and you realize, I don't even want to be around, I don't care how cool their music sounds, I don't want to be around then you you don't want to be around them. You don't want to listen to their music no more either. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And so I think a lot of it is is some of that too. You know, um, I don't know if I you know um, I think there have there have been times where like you know I have um, you know tried to like um, be a little bit more simple and um, you know more catchy. Um, but you, I, but you know, not a lot. You know what I'm saying? Um, and just glimpses. And then at the same, at the same time, like, you know, doing it the way I do it. You know, way so it still sounds like me. Yeah. So uh, you, I think I, I couldn't find the quote again, but I thought I read that you didn't really cuss in your music. Yeah. And but you worked with a lot of people who do have explicit lyrics. What, like. What is your relationship with that? Does that ever make you feel like you're you're sacrificing something to work with this artist that you like respect, admire, or is it like a strategic decision? How does that go? Um, no, nah, you know, because you know, I you know, you you'll find some cussing in my music. And I think, you know, for the most part, I rap the way I talk, you know, so I don't like, you know, um, I don't really cuss that much when I talk anyways. Mm -hmm. Um, but so you, that's that's the reason why the music is like that. But then, you know, with working with people, um, you know, I like I don't I don't search for music for rap rappers who don't cuss. You know what I'm saying? You know, I just like what I like, and so I never, I never, um, you know, I'll have homies uh, who are good on songs. I mean, they'll be they'll be and they'll rap about how they on a song with me, so they can't cuss. You know what I'm saying? And I'll be like, Nah, bro, like do you? You know what I'm saying? Like do yeah. you? You know? So. Um, but I think that, you know, at the same time, you know, you you have to um you have to realize, man, this is, you know, you 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 are communicating with words, meaning 
there's there's so many words that you can use. You know what I'm saying? So many words that you know you can use, and if uh, and if you can't find the words to use, um, then you, you know what I'm saying like then you probably shouldn't be doing this. You know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? Um, you know, uh, but if that's how you talk, and that's how you, you know what I'm saying that might be how right. you rap too. You know, um, but with me, you know, I just feel like man, like. You know, if I'm if I'm getting to a point to where I feel like, you know, I'm I can't find the words, I'm being redundant, and I might step back, I might, you know, pick up a book, you know what I'm saying, or something like that, just so I could start exercising my mind because I feel like um, you know, it's that's part of the craft, that's part of the art of it is um is using and having a vocabulary, you know yeah. what I mean? So um so is it is it just about respecting the collaborative effort and just saying that we're creating a piece of art together? I'm gonna be, I'm gonna have integrity about the way I do things and you do the way you do things, and what we create together, we're both gonna respect that. Yeah, because if I ask you to be on something with me or we're collabing, like I'm, I, I like I want you because of the way you, because I like what you do. Right. You know, I don't want you to try to change it and try to fit what I do. You know, yeah. and vice versa. You know what I mean? Like it's just like a somebody. People who it usually happens like people hear rappers here, you know, they might just hit me up if they got a song that, you know, they got a Black Power song or they got like a soul song or a conscious song, and I'm like, I'm like, man, we rappers, you know what I'm saying? Like I can rap on anything, you know. I'm gonna do me on it, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? But you know, um, but if 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 we're artists and we're musicians, you know, it shouldn't be like, you know, well. You can only do it this way. You can only do it that way. You right. know, and I wouldn't want to bring somebody in because it's just like, like take it like this. Like, um, you know, um, we do. Um, I have a, a nonprofit called With Love, OKC. Um, it's an art um, uh, based project. And you know, I'm also on the the uh, Oklahoma Mural Syndicate board, and you know, we do all the murals in the city and stuff like that, and Eastside murals. And so, whenever you hire an artist to paint something, you might say, hey, um, you know, we, we, we're we thinking of, um, like, for instance, we're doing a, a, a mural of Captain Pitts um, at Pitts Park, right? Now, we we could, we could say we, we're doing a mural of Captain Pitts, but if we say to that artist, we're doing a, we want a mural of Captain Pitts, it needs to be these colors, it needs to have this, we want you to paint it like this, it needs to be A, B, and M saying we're just, t- you know what I mean? Like, we're not allowing them to, like, to have their artistic integrity or to, like, express themselves, you know? Mm-hmm. We can give them, we can give them all the history on Captain Fitz. We can give them a picture of what he looks like. We can, you know what I'm saying, like, do all these things. But to, like, um, you know, tell an artist, like, you know, nah, we, it has to be like this, A, B, then you're not letting that person be an artist. Yeah. And so uh, the same is true with rapping. You know, I don't ever want to, you know, you know, collaborate with someone and then be like, listen, you know, um, outside of this is the song and this is the topic, you know what I mean? Say like, you can't say this, you can't say that, you can't say this. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not letting them be who they need to be. Yeah, I, I definitely feel that. And I, I respect that. It's just, it seems like it would be a hard thing to do whenever you're having somebody, you know, you've had some really huge artists collab with you to, um, I don't know, to not 
want to be what they want you to be. You know, you know, yeah. I, I guess I've never I've never worked with somebody that I have such like huge respect for in that, you know, in that way. You know, like I, I've got worked with lots of people I respect and, mm-hmm. I, you know, I have a lot of respect for. But having somebody who's like received like critical acclaim or massive amounts of success in this way or that, it would be really hard to then say, all right, yeah, I know that you do your thing, but I'm going to do it this way and then have any feedback and not be like, okay, I'll do it your way. Yeah. Like, and maybe that's something, something about my strength of character, but yeah, I mean, that's, that's part of it too. Um, but you know, uh, so it's like, it's like, um, you know, it's just like writing raps for people. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like it'd be like, if, you know, if I asked you to be on a song, you're like, okay, bet. And then I say, I'm writing the rap for you though. You know what mm-hmm. I'm saying? It's like, nah, like, I'm asking to be on the song because I want you. You know what I mean? Yeah. Is that something that somebody's trying to do for you? Oh, yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> okay. So, I mean, I was, I didn't really understand how writing rap works. Like, mm-hmm. I thought that everybody wrote their own stuff until, like, the stuff about Drake came out. And there was stuff about Lil Wayne at one point, too. And yeah. two people that, I, like, I like pop rap. Like, I'm not going to yeah. say that, you know, so, I don't like it. I think, I so I think there's a, you know, there's a difference. And I've never been in the studio with them, but I think that sometimes, you know, you have like Dr. Dre, right? Mm. Um, you, you might have like a Dr. Dre or a Diddy who is like, they, they don't, they're not rappers, right? Mm-hmm. But they make, they rap. Meaning, you know, um, a rapper will write a rap as Dre, record it, they will learn it, and then just say the same thing. You Dre? Yeah. Really? He never rapped in his life. He don't write raps. Like, like, even when he was at NWA, Ice Cube wrote all his raps. Um, he wrote Easy East too. You know what I'm saying? Because they're not they're not rappers. I knew that about Easy because he was yeah. he was out there like in the streets, yeah, like, really so, doing street stuff. So you have you that's like when somebody says they didn't write their raps. I'm thinking like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. like somebody literally wrote the whole thing as that person. You know, and then you know, hand in the sheet, and then they rap it. You know what I'm saying? Wow. But I think then there, there's something different if like, you know, um, you know, I'm re- I'm in the studio recording and you in there with me and somebody else is in there and I I do the whole song, I write and rap the whole song, we play it back, and then you go, man, you should try saying this. I'm like, man, that is hard. Okay, I'm gonna add this line there instead. You right. know what I'm saying? Yeah. That's not writing a rap for me. No, you know what I'm saying? So I think, you know, you know, I like I just think, you know. Sometimes, you know, when people are, are that big and that good, like Drake and like Wayne, like it, it, that, it, that's just going to come. You know what I'm saying? And I just can't see um, because it's if I, like, I don't know. I just I just hope it was something like that. If yeah. Not like, you know, but yeah. I don't see somebody, rap, you know, writing a whole rap for somebody like that. I mean, for, I, for, for like a Drake or a Wayne. With know? Drake, knowing where he came from on, a, you know, uh, my wife watched it. The, the Canadian like soap opera show yeah. was like, I could see like him, you know, he's an actor first. So I could see that, but Lil Wayne, like I would be heartbroken, honestly, yeah. <laughs> that came out because like his, his style is so original and he's so, you know, he's so good with the hooks and the, and he's, and we've been watching him through it since he was what, 15. Yeah. Like, why, why would he just stop? You know what I'm yeah. saying? And, you know, but you know, like I said, you gotta be careful who you, who you're in the room with because, you could be in the room with somebody and y'all just you 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 finish the whole song and then they like 
man, and you like, oh, like, man, you should try this line. Okay, bet. And you throw that line in there, and the next day, once y'all get into it, that person's saying, I wrote that. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, um, and that's what happened with Game in 50. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like, you know, so. Do you feel like, um, like, being a fan of rap, hearing, you know, that firsthand account of, you know, a rapper saying, like, this is what it's actually like, do you feel like, as a fan of rap as well, you have a front row seat to some of, like, the the, the backstage controversy and stuff like that? Um, no, not always. I've seen some of it, you know, but I think just, you know, because I it, rap is important to me, you know, I'm always... Um, I'm always like checking for it. I'm always, you know, um, trying to be in the mix and see what's going on. You know what I mean? But, yeah. But, um, but yeah, and it's, I mean, like, but man, with the internet, we all got a front row seat now. You know that's, what that's, I mean? a, that's a good point. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so, I, I wouldn't, I forgot to ask you how much time you had today. Um, yeah, I got a little more time. Okay. So, when you collaborated with the marketing agency Funnel Design Group to create the What If commercial for the Science Museum Oklahoma, what did that process look like? And did you ever have to fight to realize your vision? Or did you ever have to, like, you know, uh, like, give away anything of yourself to, to get it made? Um, no, nah, like, with that, you know, um, that was a collaboration. Like, we went back and forth on ideas. And, you know, I had a lot of input you know, on it. Um, and, you know, I think if, if it didn't fit me, I wouldn't have did it. You know what I'm saying? There, I've had opportunities to do certain things and be a part of different projects and, you know, uh, other commercials and even some movies and stuff. And I was just, you know, I was like, man, if it don't, if it make me look wild or if I got to change or, you know, it don't, it just doesn't fit, you know, um, you know, who I am or who I want to be. I just want to do it, you know. Yeah. Uh, with that, I felt like it was important um, because of, you know, um, what it, you know, it was education for one. Um, two, that science museum. I used to work there as a kid. Oh, really? Yeah, and then, um, and then three, like, you know, I knew the people I was working with would make it dope, you know, um, and so, and they did, you know, and so, I'm just happy that, you know. I got to be a part of it. And and then I got to, I got to, you know, um, make science and, you know, and all these things sound dope, you know, and, and write about, you know, all these things that, um, that people don't really be thinking about, you know what I'm saying? It really, actually what it did, it, it um, made me start thinking about making like a project like that where, you know, um, it's aimed at like education and, um, you know, I haven't done it, but I remember thinking, man, I should do something like this, like just make a whole project like that. Yeah. Because, um, you know, those things are important. And, you know, I have kids, and I, you know what I'm saying? And education is important to me yeah. you know, my children. So, um, th- this is random. Um, I recently heard about a guy named Harry Mack. Have you heard of him before? It sounds familiar. He's on Instagram and TikTok. He like does Omegle and just like random people come up and he says, hey, let me freestyle for you. <laughs> and they give him like, three or four words and he freestyle raps like the most intricate raps I've ever heard. That's like just legit flat out. But then also for freestyle, it's insane. Um, do you have, do you have a different place in your heart for freestyle rap or is that, is that to you just 
this is it all is it all just rap? Um, it's all just rap. You know, I use usually I'll do a freestyle like during my set when I'm performing. Mm-hmm. Um, mainly because like it gets the crowd involved and I can you know do what he does and somebody give me some words and you know pick some actual pocket and hold it up so I can see it and freestyle about it. You know, I like I like that aspect of it. Or if like I'm in a battle with somebody, you know, um, I like to freestyle that way, but. Um, but it's all just rap, you know. I, I think that you know, um, and you know, it's it's not a. I, I think that the art of it is is uh, it's not lost, but you know, it's not as utilized. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. like when like years ago, like something like that was normal. You know what I'm saying? It was just yeah. part of a part of the hip hop scene at a b boy jam or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Like people just freestyle all the, the whole time. But um, and it wasn't like, you know what I mean? So, um, but now, you know, you go to an average rap show and, you know, people going to do 15, 20 minutes to their songs and they're going to be off. And they're not even, you know, then, and they rapping over the song. So it's like, there's no like real, like um, live performance to it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? They're, you don't, you're not getting, you're hearing what you hear in the, in the, in the car, you know what I'm yeah. saying? Because they're just playing the track and rapping over it. But, you know, um, but I think, you know, when you freestyle, you get to like, it's like that, it adds, you know what I'm saying, a little more value to people when they can do that, you know? Mm-hmm. And, and you're able to do more, like, you know, I'll go to a, um, a school, a middle school, or elementary school, and I'll, you know, freestyle with the kids and use their names and stuff mm-hmm. like that, you know what I mean? And have fun yeah. that way. So, you know, it's, it's, it's just, it's just fun, you know, and it all, it, it helps you flex your, your muscle as far as like, you know, like I said, you know, vocabulary and rhyming and stuff like that. Man, um, you, you said something, somebody asked you, no, this is one of, one of your songs. You said, uh, they asked me how I became an activist. I might ask a question. I answered it. Mm-hmm. Is that, is that really what happened? Yeah. Like, yeah, like, <laughs> yeah, that's what happened. Um, you know, it's, you know, cause I never really considered myself an activist. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even now I, you know, I, I like to, I, I feel like I'm more of a, um, community organizer, you know, more than an activist because I like, you know, the organizing is what gets the job done. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, the organizers aren't the ones usually on TV talking, you know what I'm saying? Um, uh, but yeah, so just, you know, um, I want. I feel like it was. Um, um, what? Uh, when the, the kid got killed by the, well, they didn't want the kids got killed by the police, right? Uh, and um, it was. It was after tra- Michael Brown. Okay. Michael Brown. So, um, yeah, I was. I did. There was something to the interview, and you know, they asked me my opinion on it. You know what I'm saying? I and. I said what I said. I don't remember what it was, but you know, I I said what I said, and it the the story came out. Rapper slash activist, you know what I'm saying? I'm I'm thinking, dang, I didn't even tell them I was an activist, like, but they got that based on my response to the question. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, so then you know, especially like 2020 and Julius Jones stuff, you know. A lot of people are going, man, I want to, you know, I want to be a part and help. How can I be an activist like you? And it's like, you know, I don't know. 
because I never knew I was going to until somebody asked me a question about about a situation. Right. And based on my answer, I'm an activist. You know what I'm saying? So uh, I said, I don't know. Somebody asked a question, I answered it. You know what I mean? Yeah, so that was a dope line. Thank yeah. you. Look, um, but you you talked about community organizing. Mm-hmm. Community has been what seems like a huge part of your story. Do you think you could be the JB that you are today anywhere but Oklahoma City? No, only Oklahoma City. Yeah, don't tell me why. Um, because, you know, um, you know, I, my story is built around living in Oklahoma City. You know, Oklahoma City, you know, uh, built and created me. You know what I'm saying? And, um, and because Oklahoma City is the way it is, it makes it possible for a JP. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've been other places and... You know, it's the it's so there's so everything's so big and um, there's so many JBs and you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying yeah. and, and things like that. So, um, you know, I'm just I'm grateful that you know I was I'm here because um, you know it it made me who I am and it, it gave me a voice and a platform. And I don't think you know in any other city my platform would have been the way it is. Um, you know, and I like just I like even when I go to different cities and places. I remember when I did, when I did Sway in the Morning. Um, you know, the homie who rapped next to me, I thought he smashed me. I thought he was he way better than me. You know what I'm saying? But whenever it was done, they was excited about me. And it was only excited because he was from New York, and he right. he, he he of course he's from New York. Everybody in New York rap. Everybody in New York rap like him. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But I'm like, dude, was nice. You know what I'm saying? But they're looking at me like we had no idea people in Oklahoma City was getting down like that. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And we had no idea Oklahoma City had all the things you were talking about, you know? And so, uh, and so that just lets me know, like, you know, being from Oklahoma City is the part of the story. You know what I'm saying? And, um, you know, uh, and you know, I could be a rapper in New York City and just being full of rappers from New York City. Yeah. So it seems like, I mean, with the working with the Science Museum, you're, I think they play your video with you in it, like before every Thunder game. Is that correct? Yeah. I mean, so that, I mean, that's a big community project there. It seems like Oklahoma City has, you know, really embraced you as well. Do you, do you feel that support? Like whenever you go out and do whatever project? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. All the time. You know, um, I think, you know, and that that's I think that's part of it too, you know, and um, you know, yeah, I can't explain it, man. The, the it 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 just makes you um, it humbles you, you know what I mean? Like I don't I don't know because um, you know I don't feel special, you know. What I'm saying? I feel like I'm regular, you know what I'm saying? And I'm just doing doing me and you know and doing what I'm supposed to do, but. You know, to have people, you know, support you and um, and appreciate, you know, these things about you and, and give you opportunities, you know, it's, 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 it's a blessing and it's definitely humbling, you know. And like I said, man, I, you know, all this, none of that, would, you know, if I was any other city that has a has an NBA team, you know, they can, you know what I'm saying, name, yeah. name a city. They got 30 big rappers they could call, you know what I'm saying? Right. Um, and so for for the city here and 
the team here to to um to give me opportunities like that. I just really appreciate it and um and it means a lot. So so locally, I mean to me this this you being here is a is a huge deal to me. Because I know locally you're a you're a big deal. But to you, do you feel like you've reached the level of success that you that you want or that you aspire to? Nah, you know I don't, but I, I don't I always try to decide if that's a good thing or a bad thing, you know. Um, because I, you know, there I do wanna I do want more. I want more more success. I want more stability, you know. Um, you know, I wanna do a whole lot more. Um, but you know, I also try to be mindful because there are people who we see that have everything in the world. It's, it's still not enough. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And so I don't want to, I don't want to ever, you know, be at a place where like I have everything and it's still not enough, you know? I, I, I personally think that you, there's nothing wrong with you wanting more success. Cause like I haven't listened to your music as much as I have. It's, you're right up there with many people who don't deserve to be up there. It's good. Like it's really good. And it says something. And it also is enjoyable to listen to. I like, appreciate that. I mean, it, it really is. Like, I mean, I was, I was listening to it while I was, you know, working, I was writing stuff and I was like, man, this is, this is good. It wasn't just like, Oh, this is good for an Oklahoma city rapper. Yeah. It was like, this is, it's good. Yeah. So, you know, I of course want all the success in the world for you. But you know it's it's difficult to for me sitting here as a and as a lover of rap and being able to access whatever rap I want to listen to. It's hard to, to even understand what the what how to gauge the success level of a artist these days. Like, yeah, you know, I, I and I got homies who are big, who I look at as big. I'm like, yo, you, you know, what I'm saying like you, you there. You know, what I'm saying like, like I wish I had all the success and all the things that you got. You know, um, and you know, those people, you know, if I, if I told you something, you'd be like, yeah, what the heck? They, they're huge. But even those people are like, you know what I'm saying? You know, man, nah, I'm trying to do this. Like, I want more, you know, like, um, like, you know, and I'm trying to, I, I hate to use this as an example because, um, but like, for instance, you know, Kanye West, right? Mm -hmm. um, like, he's somebody who has everything at his fingertips. You know what I'm saying? legit anything you know he can he has the resources he has the success he has the money he has you know what i mean like um and so but he's still somebody who said who feels like you know there's there should be more for him you know mm -hmm. what i'm saying and you know um he still feels like there are people that try to keep him from doing other things you know what i'm saying but in my mind i'm like like you're that person. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I mean? So, um, an important thing to look at with all of that is he's got all that, but he doesn't have the mental health. Yeah. Like, Kanye West is my favorite rapper of all time, hands down, not even close. But he's not my favorite person because, yeah. you know, he can't, he can't be consistent, consistent in his values. He does stuff that makes you question, is this person anywhere close to who I think he is? And that's, you know, that's scary whenever you're like, oh, that's my favorite rapper. It was like, yeah. his music is something that I take totally separately because it's, it's just amazing. Yeah, no doubt. And I agree. He, he's a, you know, he's a dope artist. But, the, but, but that's the point I'm trying to make is like, you know, like, I'm sure 
he would want to be, you know what I'm saying, okay in his head, you know what I'm yeah. saying, or want to be okay in, in his relationships, want to be okay, you know what I mean? So, like, you know, there's, you know, I, you know, what it, like, to, to, for more success, what do I have to sacrifice? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, my sacrificing time with my kids, my sacrificing my my mental health, and my sacrificing being able to walk walk into a Walmart and buy you know mm-hmm. a carton of milk. And my, you know what I'm saying, what am I like? What am I really sacrificing? So, um, so how much more do I really want? You know, right. but I think for me, um, you know, I I just want to be be at a place where I can um, comfortably you know take care of my family. Uh, you know, have stability and um, and peace. You know what I'm saying, and be able to create when I want to create, and be able to be able to build things when I want to build them, and be able to take care of people when I when I need to. You know. Well, I mean, as far as building things whenever you want, you in the last what five years, you started two new restaurants and two new like other ventures in on the east side. Yeah, that sounds <laughs> like you're creating yeah. at a. I'm trying, know, man. Yeah, I'm trying. You know. Um. Yeah, you're right. I'm trying. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's like, like we hadn't talked about the business aspect, you know, the the entrepreneurial aspect yet. But like, let's get into that. Like, you Eastside Pizza is, is a it's the jam. Like, it's delicious. It's you know, it's a hit. Every time I go over there, it's popping. Like, it seems like that one has done it. Scrambled seems like it's doing well. Like, what are you? What are your goals business wise? Um. You know. Um, you know, I, I, it's hard because I, you know, if like five years ago, I wouldn't have known I'd be doing that. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So I just, I, but now that I have done them, you know, I definitely want to do more. I want to, we want to put a scramble like in Lawton or Tulsa or something like that. You know, I, um, I want to, um, expand my live free, uh, organization. Um, I want to expand, um, you know, with love. I want to, you know, uh, do a burger spot. You know what I mean? Uh, I still want to do a sushi spot. Um, but, you know, we're working on a hotel right now. Um, so just, you know, really, I I, I think the, the process is, is doing one thing to help get the other thing going, you know. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then just, you know, have, have cool things and have those stuff that, you know, um, you know, with the community in mind, you know what I'm saying, and, and do it like that, and that, that they can take ownership of and feel like it's theirs, and mm-hmm. um, and put people on. You know what I'm saying? We did yeah. when I started Live Free or OKC. Um, everybody that we hired are people I grew up with. You know what I'm saying? And, and our homies of mine. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, be able to do things like that. You yeah. know. So, um, with Live Free, like that one is a little less clear to me because. You've got this, you know, this 501c3 that, like, I, I've been in charge of 501c3 with the fire department. Like, I've, I've had some experience with it, but I've, you've got a brick-and-mortar building that's, you know, you've got overhead costs that are continuous. What is your responsibility day-to-day in keeping that, keeping all that running? Do you have a 501c3 manager? Like, So we have, I have a, um, my friend, Jess Eddie, he, he does our, um, uh, operations and finance and stuff, you know. Mm-hmm. But the only but the the way to to keep all of the keep all of it going is to be successful 
and reducing gun violence. You know what I'm saying? Um, you know, we want to we want to see a 20 percent reduction in this year um, in War Seven, and that's the way. You know, we be that's one way we can be successful as we do the work. Twenty that twenty percent. That's the big. That's a big yeah. ask. <laughs> gun violence has stayed pretty consistent for yeah. like 20 years. Yeah. So that's. I mean, that I, I appreciate you having big goals, but is it a failure if you don't reach that? No, it's not a failure if we don't reach that. It's a failure if um, if we don't see a reduction period. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's a failure if we don't, if we aren't able to show the lives we've impacted, if we aren't able to show the conflict that we've um, resolved, if we can't show, um, you know, uh, true data of, you know, people who um, were at risk of being involved in gun violence who aren't anymore. You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? It's, it's a failure if we got, you know, kids getting locked up with guns or getting, you know what I'm saying? But um, but we we're already doing that, you know what I'm mm-hmm. saying? And we got, I'm like, like I could tell you some of the plans we got when we got off, but you know what I'm saying? Like, we, we're like, we in the mix, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And um, and everybody that we, we have on, on our staff are what we call credible messengers. And they are people who, um, who have, uh, the credibility, you know, um, in the community to to speak in situations that the normal person can't speak into, right? And um, and so we're doing that, you know, and um, it's 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 probably the most important work I've been able to do in a long time. So, how do you find time? Like, I mean, because I see a lot follow you on social, and I see that you're, you know, you're at. Uh, luckily, you put them on posts, which was smart. But you're, you know, you're at uh, Eastside Pizza, then you're at Scrambled, and like, are you actually take part in the day to day operations of all those things, or do you just can every now and then? Um, so I don't, I don't. Um, uh, I I have um, a GM and operator at Eastside Pizza, and you know, I take I I'm I'm involved in like the the um, you know more of like the the look, the ideas, you know, um, you know, what we do, any events, um, planning, things like that. But I let they run the restaurant. You know? So you so you're just marketing and branding and yeah, I don't, like community outreach basically. Yeah, I don't I don't try to not to, you know, get involved with the firing and hiring, um, you know, any of that stuff. Uh, let them do it, you know, and then, you know, give them the, the freedom to, to to run to run the restaurant, you mm-hmm. know. So I can't, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Um, and then the same with Scramble. Um, I have a partner who's a co-owner. His name's Cordell. We grew up together and he's in there every day, you know, and he operates and he manages and he does everything. You know what I'm saying? And um did the look, everything he did. And so so luckily I have, you know, great people who are involved and um can do a lot of the heavy lifting that I can't do. Um but but I'm in, I'm inside, I'm in and out both, um, you know, when I need to be in, you know, right now I've been spending most of my time working on Live Free OKC. But so when it, like, you've got this, this whole JB brand, which is, you know, developing under you and you are having to trust people to, to be consistent with that brand as they, you know, as they run these different projects or as they create a different project, is that a difficult thing to, to release control of? Um, nah, it's not, um, because, you know, I, I, I trust people we have, you know, 
Um, I trust my GM at Eastside. I've known her since she was 11, 12 years old. You know what I'm saying? And I know she knows what she's doing. You know, I grew up with Cordell. And um, when we first sat down and started talking about um, Scramble, like, you know, I was already doing a lot. And he was down to, you know, um, to do, take up, pick up all the slack that I couldn't do. You know what I'm saying? And so, um, so, you know, yeah, you know, I just, you just give people that you trust and that you, you know, you know, now when it comes to JB, like my music and that part, I usually do all that on my own. When it, whenever it comes to like graphic design of your music stuff, is that, is that you or do you, do you work with a Yeah, I, I, yeah. Um, you know, depending on what I want, I'll work with a certain designer. Mm-hmm. Um, and we'll go back and forth on, you know, what what that look needs to be and what, you know, based on what it is, if it's an album, if it's a single, if it's a t-shirt, if it's a poster for a show. Um, I usually have the idea of what I want or I might sketch something out and then I'll, you know, send it to somebody who can make it fresh. So, so um, congratulations on the release of your record, by the Thank way. Thank you. Like, you know, I know that the album's been out for like four months already, but yeah. like I think it's really cool that you did a record drop for like an actual physical record drop. Yeah, I should have brought you one, man. My bad. I didn't think oh man, that would I, I I would appreciate it, but like, yeah. I got you know I'm not here expecting. I got anything, one but... for you though. I'll leave, if you if you want, I'll leave it at Eastside Pizza House for you. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'd love to come by there. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like you know, I I just think it's such a cool idea, such a cool project in in itself. But then to actually have the four separate albums released together. I thought it was really like a really cool idea. So thank you. How did the event go last night? It was dope. It was it was fun, man. And um, yeah, I was happy to finally you know get it done. And uh, we saw a lot of a lot of the vinyls. And um, yeah, man, it was it was dope. We had fun. It's really cool. Good turnout. Um, <clears throat> what was I going to ask you? Oh, so like I'm, I'm starting to wrap up here. You know, ask a, a few more questions just to. Uh, kind of land the plane, but uh, quote a verse from Penny List off of the Black Future album. Um, you telling me it, I try to act broke, jealousy the number one killer among black folk. Do you think the intrinsic nature of flexing or you know stunting on black culture uh, affects the cultural relevance of authenticity? Um, yeah, I I think it's deceiving. You know, and I said it because I like. I've kind of I've I've had the opportunity opportunity to see behind the scenes of some things, and you know, a lot of people ain't got it how you, how you think they got it, mm-hmm. and um, and so, you know, uh, it's just like it's just like for instance, like game banging, right? Mm-hmm. Like I grew up around gang members and game bang. I, I got plenty of family members of game bang. Um, you know, uh, I've been around it my whole life, but you know. I'm not a game banger. I don't, you know what I'm saying? I don't, I don't, I don't. So, but if I, but if I flex like that on my, on my music, you know, and I'm, you know, uh, you know, claiming a set in my music and I'm talking like a game member in my music, then whenever somebody who game bang sees me, that's how they're going to treat me. You know what I'm saying? So I need to be prepared for that. I'm a game member, right? So the same is true with, with, you know, flexing with money and all that stuff. Like, you know, um, I'm going to expect that when I see you, you know yeah. what I'm saying? And um, and what happens is, it's like, you know, um, it creates this, this, um, 
this image, you know, that, you know, we've seen time and time again, you know, destroy people, you know what I mean? And so, yeah. Uh, but it's, I mean, especially with rap, it's, it's hard to, uh, to get away from that, you know yeah. what I mean? Seem to have done a pretty good job of it, though. I mean, congratulations on that, and, and still it. being good at rap. Yeah. Like some people just aren't good at the conscious thing. They're not good at the, you know, they're not good backpack rappers. They need to, you know, have that persona to to rap to, or else they don't have anything. No doubt, you're definitely not one of those. So I'm glad for that. Um, is there anything that we didn't talk about today that you'd you know like to mention? Any products you want to talk about? We kind of talked about your restaurants and no, I just I thought it was I, I, I love the question. It was good. It was good. Uh, once again, I appreciate you coming on. Like it is, it is a big deal to me, and I'm glad we were able to make it happen. In order to respect your, your time and your busy schedule, bringing the interview to a close. But I want to thank you again for coming on the show. Um, if people want to find out more about JB, where should they go to find you? Um, of course, social media at my name is JB or my name is JB.com. Um, but yeah, I'm all all those places. <laughs> yeah, I also find you randomly at Eastside East Pizza, Pizza. Scramble, yeah. Live Free, and the, what's the other one? Uh, with Love OKC. Does, does that have a physical location? No, we don't have a location. Okay. We, we use the office out of Live Free. Okay. So. If you enjoyed today's episode, please give it a like, uh, follow, share it with someone you think might enjoy it too, and also check out earlier episodes to support the future creation of great content. Don't forget to like at Authentic Identity Management on Instagram, Facebook, Reds, and LinkedIn. And also head over to the Authentic Bruce YouTube channel for podcast video, bonus content, and impactful clips from my conversations with these great guests. Finally, if you are struggling to show up as yourself in your content, your work, your family, or your life, I would love to help you. Authentic Identity Management does identity coaching to help you align yourself to the identity you share with the world. It's exhausting to live someone else's life. Live authentically and access the potential that belongs only to you. You can contact me on social or email at bruce at authenticidentitymanagement.com and we can set up a free 30-minute consultation. That's it for today's amazing episode. So until next time, be yourself and love yourself. Bye, everybody.